Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Great Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to be doing things just a little bit different today. But as we dove into Hack Your Finances today, we've been, uh, we've been talking over the last four weeks. We've been talking over Hack Your Finances. And this is the last week that we have. Everyone say, oh, I know, like it's a bummer, but uh, I- I'm glad to be able to impart it to you. But just because this week is done doesn't mean you can't continue to get content regarding Hack Your Finances. You can check out the podcast. The last three weeks, including this week, will be posted tomorrow. And you can also go online. We have a free resource that is available because you're in church today. This resource usually costs $40 per person. But you're going to be able to go on and you're going to be able to sign up. You have a free membership to hackyourfinances.cc. It is a five uh, class course that teaches you how to have faith-filled finances in the name of Jesus. So I encourage you, if you want to see something change in your finances, you got to do something different. So be sure to stop by the Connect Corner, grab your QR code that has access for you and your family to have a whole, a free one year's worth of Hack Your Finances just for being in the house of God today. Look at that. You're already winning because you're in the house of God today. Like, look, that's awesome. And, and so uh, you have my freedom as well to, 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 to find a person or two and, and hand that out to them. If it's helped you, you can, you can share, and the church will pay for that as well. So if you find that has helped you, uh, feel free to hand that, and the, and the church will gladly uh, pay for that as well. Uh, if you post it on Instagram, though, we might know because <laughs> just joking. All right, so we've been talking over the last four weeks. Week one, we talked about a biblical mindset, and just because I've talked about this in the service, that's not the exact same things that are going to be covered in the class, so be sure to take the class. There's different approaches to faith-filled finances, so be sure to take the classes as well. They're, they're completely different, similar but different because we base it off the Word of God. Uh, we uh, last First week, we talked about biblical mindset, biblical mindset around finances. Week two, we talked about biblical stewardship, around our finances. In week three, we talked about biblical overflow. How many of y'all enjoyed last week? Jesus and tea parties, and, and I'm excited to be able to share uh, with you today this idea of we can have all three of those wheels in place, and this fourth wheel can get flat, and we actually won't get anywhere. And it's a fairly new concept to me as my wife and I, we tend to just live in the obedience factor, that if God has asked it from us, surely we just give it. And we don't really expect anything in return. And I want to talk to you this idea of, of faith, of faith in your sowing. Only a foolish farmer would plant a seed in a soil and not expect a return, let alone water the seed that he's planted in the soil. So I'm going to be talking to you that idea about watering your seed. How many of you watered your seeds of financial generosity recently? I'm going to be talking to you about that. We're going to be talking about biblical fostering. Fostering means to, how am I caring for it as it's, as it's developing? Biblical fostering. And I have another title, but I'm not going to share it yet. So don't put it up there yet. I'll put it up there later. But biblical fostering, as we dive into the word, we're going to be uh, diving into the word shortly after we have an opening and you'll be seated after we pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we pray that you would speak through your servant, God, that you would help me get out of the way. God, that you'd be able to reveal this word 
to your people just as you have spoken it to me. And uh, Lord, we believe for revelation to happen today. We believe that there's going to be action steps that we're going to take that will help water the seeds that we have planted so faithfully over the course of our life. Lord, that we would see a bountiful, fruitful harvest of every single seed that is planted. Lord, we believe it. And right now, church, if you're hungry for the word of God, would you open up your hands and say these after me? Say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus today. You can be seated this morning. I got a new Bible today. Yesterday, actually, Small Business Saturday, I went to Divine Truth, and uh, uh, I'm looking for someone that speaks Spanish or they know someone, they need a Spanish Bible. Who needs a Spanish Bible? Come grab it. I see you with your hand up. Come up. This is your Bible. Got you a free Bible. I picked one up at Divine Truth today or yesterday, Small Business Saturday. How many of y'all went around and supported some small businesses around here on Saturday? Not many? Well, you still have today. You can go around. Do you need another one? Do you know someone else that would have one too? I have another Spanish Bible. Do you need another one? Will you use it? Do you know someone that needs it? Another one? All right. Hey, Caleb, if you're back there, I got another Bible. In the, let me see if I can grab it real quick. I was just told to buy two Bibles, and I didn't know what I needed them for. So this is just an idea of, of being obedient to the Lord when he asks you to do something. You don't really know why, but I purchased these with my own dollar because I want to be faithful to the Lord. And, and he said, don't buy one, buy two. So these are your Bibles, and you'll be able to give those away, or you can use those. Those are yours. What's your name? Carla, Carla, great to meet you. My name's Eli, by the way. Hey, come on, let's put our hands together for Carla this morning. Be obedient to the Lord. Uh, Carla, I want to know next week who you gave those to. So come up to me and let me know if you didn't get to see them yet, but I want to be able to uh, kind of see. And I'm going to be praying over those Bibles because they're, they're seeds that are planted. And uh, so, yeah, anyways, in, in my life, I've had situations where I've had to return Things. How many have bought a product and you haven't really been happy with how it turned out and you ended up taking it back? Well, about four years ago, I bought a pair of work shoes. And these were like nice moccasin work shoes. They were about $110. I bought them at Carhartt. Now, don't judge me because I bought them at Carhartt. It was four years ago. No, I'm joking. All right. All right. So I purchased these at Carhartt. And about four weeks into my shoes, they started getting a tear into them. And I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. This is a nice, expensive pair of work shoes I was expecting to have four or five years, and they, they got a tear in them already. So I brought them into the store, and I told this guy, hey, I would like to exchange these for a different type of shoes and, uh, because they got a hole in them. And he said, he looked at me, and he goes, what do you do? I'm like, I would like to exchange my shoes because they have a hole in them. I only had them for four weeks. And he said the exact same thing back to me. He goes, what do you do? And I didn't realize his tone of voice was just pretty bland. What he was really asking was, okay, what do you do? And in my heart, while I was thinking about uh, his response to my question about returning the shoes, I had a, can I speak to your manager moment? I wanted to say it. I didn't say it, but how many of all had like, can I speak to your manager moment? Or can I speak to your supervisor? Can I speak to your 
manager. And a good story, I ended up being able to return the shoes, and I got a pair that lasted me for five years. I haven't had to buy a new pair of work shoes until the sole finally wore out, and uh, I'm in the market for a new pair of work shoes. And I I say that because in our lives, we have, uh, can I speak to your manager moments? And that's actually the second title that I that I have for today. We're talking about biblical fostering, but we're also talking about speaking to the manager. How many of you know that there's things in life that, that we see happen, and just because we don't see the result that we want, we actually have a manager that we can talk to. His name is Jesus Christ. So there's a particular story in the Bible that you might not have heard before, uh, and if you haven't, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible because it's out of the book of Kings. And every time I get the opportunity to speak out of the book of Kings, uh, I, I enjoy it. I'd rather enjoy it. So Second uh, Kings chapter 20 is what we're going to be reading out of today. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT, which is the Bible that I purchased yesterday. It's a story of a man by the name of Hezekiah. Hezekiah is sick, and he gets a, a word from the prophet Isaiah that his sickness is going to end in death. We're picking up in verse 1 of chapter 20 of 2 Kings. It says, About this, that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. That's bad news, especially from a man of God especially from Isaiah, the prophet, who just a chapter before declared that Sennacherib would not take the the city, what Isaiah says comes true. So if you hear something, not just from the devil, but from the man of God, I mean, how many of y'all thinking that, man, this is a dire circumstance, and it is very likely going to be coming true. You will not recover from this illness. Verse 2, when Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to him from his manager, from the Lord. King Hezekiah got a word from the prophet Isaiah. And I need to see you guys to see this today. How does this relate to our finances? Because when you don't get the result that you are expecting, who do you go to? Do you just kind of say, hey, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. Or do you petition before the Lord what you have done, what you have faithfully stewarded? Do you bring it before The Lord. I understand when the devil says something to you, you can rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus, but what do you do when God himself, through the prophet Isaiah, says something to you, do you speak to the manager? Hezekiah goes to the Lord. He says, remember God, what I've done. Remember God, how I've been so faithful. Remember God, how I have always put you first in everything that I've done. He says, remember God. And before Isaiah was even able to step out of the courtyard, God spoke to Isaiah. Verse 4, had left the middle of the courtyard. This message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestors says. I have heard your 
prayer. How many of y'all thankful that God hears our prayers in this place? He says, I have heard your prayer. I'm here to tell you today that the prayers you prayed have not fallen on deaf ears, but they've been stored up. God has heard your prayers and seen your tears. I will heal you, and three days from now, you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own honor and for the sake of my servant, David. Don't believe it has what, anything to do with you. It actually has to do with what God's reputation is. He steps in, not because you're great and mighty, but because he's a good God. And because of his reputation and because of his name and for his name's sake and for his servant David, God intervenes. So when you are petitioning before God, calling him to remember, don't always go about what you have done, but call out who he is. It's for his name, for his sake, for his name, that he would be seen as king of kings, that he would be seen as provider. So the world would know that there is a God and his name is Jesus. He says, for my name's sake. If it continues to do that, we can turn it off. I'm, I'm fine. I'd rather have it off than have a distraction. I just need the, the word here today. You guys will just have to follow along in the notes. If we don't have it on the screen, you're fine, right? Because you've got a Bible, right? So if you don't have your Bible out, now's a good time to get it out so you can read along as we go. He says, for my own honor and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, so God will give you action, ste uh, action steps. Know that if, if you're seeking the Lord, God's not just going to give it to you. There's action steps involved. He says, make an ointment from figs. So Hezekiah's servant spread the ointment over the boil, and Hezekiah had recovered. He had boils all over his body, and he was going to die from it. Meanwhile, Hezekiah had said to Isaiah, what sign will the Lord give to prove that he will heal me and that I will go to the temple of the Lord three days from now? Isaiah replied, this is the sign from the Lord to prove that he will do it as he has promised. Can I tell you, it's okay to ask the Lord to give you a sign that he will do it just as he has promised. Can I tell you today that God will do it just as he has promised? I don't know what kind of words you've gotten from the Lord. I don't know if it's particular relative to finances or sort of relative to family members or sort of relative to sickness or your business or your marriage or your children or your parents or your grandparents. If God has given you a word, he will keep his promise. God is not fickle. God is not a man that he should lie. He keeps his promises. He will do as he has promised. Would you like the shadow on the sundial to go forward 10 steps or backward 10 steps? The shadow always moves forward, Hezekiah replied. So that would be easy. In other words, you would know that it wasn't God. Don't be surprised when things seem impossible because God is setting you up for a miracle. Make it go 10 steps backward instead because then he would know for sure that what Isaiah said was true. So Isaiah the prophet asked the Lord to do this, and he caused the shadow to move 10 steps backward on the sundial of Ahaz. We're talking about biblical fostering. We're talking about speaking to the manager today. What do you do when your life's circumstances do not line up with what God has promised? What do you do when what you are facing does not line up with what you see in the word? 
I need you to know today that just because your experience does not line up with what God has promised, God is not wrong. Let me say that again. Just because your experiences have not lined up with God's promises, God is not wrong. It's the difference between experiential faith and biblical faith. I know a lot of people will say, well, brother, we just don't know the ways of the Lord. As the Bible says, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And although that is true, can I tell you that God has revealed himself to us and how he operates through the word of God. That's why it's important that you're getting in the word of God. Let me break this to you today. His ways are no longer a mystery to us. So God is not looking for passive people in their faith. He is looking for active people in their faith. He's looking for people that will know him enough, that will call to remembrance who he is. Not that he needs to remember. No, we need to remember. And he doesn't do anything on this earth except in and through his people, his church. So he's looking for his people that know who he is, that can say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven here on earth. He's not looking for people to say, God, whatever you want to happen, happen. God says, I've shown you who I am through my word. It's about time that you know who I am, that you can start praying, my will be done in this circumstance as it is in heaven. So just because I'm seeing this result right now doesn't mean that it is God's will. And if it is not perfect yet, it is not God yet. So I'm going to pray here on earth like God's will is in heaven is coming down to earth. I'm going to pray that the perfect would come right now. Because I know his ways. I know his will. What does 1 Corinthians say? 1 Corinthians, well, we had it on the screen. I actually don't. It was 1 Corinthians 2. I might need to bring my iPad. Caleb, can you bring my iPad out here? Because I have that. It says that we have the mind of Christ. Oh, they have it on the back screen here. 1 Corinthians 2, 16 says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? That's like the question. Who knows what God is thinking? Who knows why this is happening? How many of y'all have heard that before? I tell you, that's, that's passive faith. I think if we actually seek God, we're going to be able to understand his heart. Paul says this in, in verse 16. He says, but we, under, thanks, Caleb, but we understand these things. Hold on a second. So it sounds familiar. Who can know the mind of Christ? But then Paul says, we can understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. It's the difference between being led by your spirit and being led by your flesh. If you're led by your spirit, you do not know what to pray, but the spirit inside you knows exactly what to pray because the spirit inside you is interceding with God on behalf of you right now. So you know what to pray. You know what to ask. And just because you're seeing it right now does not mean it's what God has promised. You're called to intercede on behalf of the situation. It's the difference between passive faith and active faith. We see that God told him what would happen, but then he still told him to make an ointment. Can I tell you, in your life, there are very practical things that you are called to do. Just because God has given you a word does not mean it is going to happen if you are not applying yourself. God said, I'm going to be doing this business, and I'm going to be making millions and millions of dollars a year to be able to further his kingdom and live generously. 
Okay, but you've never taken the time to actually study the business field that you're stepping into. There are active faith things that we are called to partake in. It's active faith. It's not passive. Well, God said it. I guess it's going to happen. I've heard a lot of people hear God say things but never actually take steps towards what God has said. So when God speaks something to your life, here's a word of advice. Ask, okay, God, what do you want me to do right now? Because God will give you a word before your season that will give you strength in your season. God gave a word to Abraham that he was going to have a child. But he still had a part to play in that process. You all have a part to play in the promises that God has given you for your life. So we don't always put it off and, well, God's timing is perfect. Yes, but you're also called to be a faithful steward. How are you applying right now to grow in what God has for you later? How are you growing in it right now? God promised me a wife. Yeah, how are you growing in yourself right now? How are you falling in love with Jesus right now? How are you becoming the perfect person right now? Because you may be seeking for the perfect person, but if you're not the right person, you're going to hurt that poor right person. So what can you be doing right now? Can I tell you, there's always steps that we can be doing right now. It's passive faith and it's active faith. What can you be doing right now for the seeds that you have sown? I'm talking about biblical fostering. A lot of you have sown some seeds and in life, you've, you've given to different causes and different churches and, and different kingdom adventures, uh, uh, and, and you've sown into different churches, and you've sown biblically, you, you've given generously, and some of you haven't seen the return that you were expecting. So what are you doing right now to pray over that seed? Can I tell you one active step you can do right now is pray over that seed? And I want to teach you, one step is obedience. This is where my wife and I, we got this down to a T. We got this locked in. We got this on lock. But it really challenged us when we were told, how are you praying for those seeds you've planted? Oh, you got a great point. How have you prayed for those seeds that you have planted? God, I pray that they would return a harvest 30, 60, 100 times fold. It's one thing for God to speak it. It's another thing for me to partner with what God has spoken. Because I will be obedient, but I'm also called to foster that in prayer. In your life, you have sown things. I'm calling this church to foster things in prayer. Because many of us have written off things. Well, I guess that isn't going to come to pass. And you've completely removed God out of the equation. And you've thought just because they haven't paid you means that they never will. But I know a God that intervenes on people's behalf. I know a God, as Proverbs 21 says, the king's heart is like a stream of water. And he directs it whichever way he wants it to go. And if God can direct a king's heart, surely he can direct that person that owes you money. Some of you have business in here, and people haven't paid you money. Some of you have sown things, and you haven't seen a return. Stop just letting those things go, because the Bible says that, Lord, hears the cries of the unpaid wages. We hear that from James chapter 5, verse 4. Lord, hears the cries of the field workers, whom people have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvested your fields have reached the Lord of heaven's armies. So if the cries of the people that have not getting paid have reached the Lord, yours haven't reached the Lord because you haven't cried out to the Lord yet. So I want to challenge you today. If you are owed something, go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, this person has not paid me. 
I pray that you would steer their heart right now, that you would remind them, yeah, it was five years ago. Yep, but God can still convict right now. God, I've sown these seeds years ago, and I don't believe I've seen the harvest yet. Lord, I'm praying 30, 60, 100 times fold over the seeds that I have sown. That's the difference between biblical fostering and biblical laziness. To be able to sow a seed is one thing. To water it through prayer is another. I know the story in our life, and my, my dad and I and my older brother, we went to a meeting downtown, and we did a, a, a hotel and the hotel was like three months uh, late in its completion date. And the person that did this whole job, they were, the, they were the owner, they had the right, they had it written in fine print, they had the right to refuse any amount of money if the job is late by one day. Legally, we had no right to stand on. It was over $40,000 that we were due, that we were shortchanged. And the guy said, he's not going to pay us because the job was late. We found out that there was a lot of people that weren't getting paid because the job was late. Say what you want. We learned, hey, we're just not going to do business with this person anymore. But in the meantime, we have $40,000 that we know that is due to us, our company. So we had a meeting with the business owner. We could have easily have just written it off. We had no leg to stand on. And I remember in the car, right before we walked up, I just prayed, we prayed in the car before we went up, but I remember saying, Lord, I know you can steer the hearts of kings, surely you can steer this man's heart. You know, like he owed us money, and we started, we started doing some, some creeping around on Facebook, and we're like, okay, this guy does not fear the Lord. <laughs> like he is not a God-honoring man, so I don't know how we're going to be able to get this money. He's, 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 he's shrewd. He's a businessman, uh, a shrewd businessman. He's able to get away with hundreds of thousands of dollars because he, he had it in the contract. So we're just praying, Lord, if you can steer the hearts of kings, surely you can steer his heart. God, I know that you hear the cries of the workers. We put in our work. It was not our fault that the job was late. We got our stuff in as fast as we could. We were held up by other contractors. It would have been different if it was our fault. But we were held up by things that were out of our control. So we went into this meeting, and the meeting didn't go well. <laughs> it wasn't going well, and it started becoming a, a feud in between uh, just, just my dad and this guy and these other two, few guys that were there. And I remember just sitting there just praying, and I'm praying in the Spirit, Lord, that you would do something. God, steer this. This is not going the right direction. And I, I just for a moment, I just said, hold on a second. You have, you have photos of the job site, right? Yeah, we have video, 24-7 video. I said, can you go back to find the date that the, the brick was laid where we could have actually started putting our frames in? And they found out that it was almost six weeks later that, than the brick was supposed to be in that we were held up six weeks because someone else wasn't in on time. And the guy looked at the video. He asked the, his other guy, his other partner, he said, do you think it's their fault that they were, that they were late? He says, you know, I think we could blame them, but... I don't think it was their fault. He goes, fair enough. He opens the door, says to his secretary, hey, I want you to write Nelson and Sons glass her check. And I go like, wait, it was that easy? <laughs> it was that fast? Like, uh, all right, that, that, that works. Like, it was that. No, I can tell you that if God can steer the hearts of kings, God can steer the heart of every single person that has wronged you. God can steer the heart of every single person. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've wronged people and you've shortchanged them, their cries are going to the Lord. Don't be surprised in the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all are getting convicted right now. You've known some people that you haven't paid back and you said you would. 
I'm just not going to talk to him anymore. That biblical fostering your seeds is, is active faith versus passive faith. And, and just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean that it doesn't line up with God's promises doesn't mean that is, it's biblical. Just because it doesn't line up with his promises. I'm called to actually partake with the Lord and pray that his will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So just because you see, don't see it right now does not mean that it's not coming. This is active faith. Daniel 10, 12 talks about a situation where Daniel was praying before the Lord. He said, the angel showed up and said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you prayed. When did God hear Hezekiah's prayer? The moment that he turned his prayer to the Lord, God heard. God hears your prayers. Stop believing that your prayers aren't working. Stop believing that the devil has quieted your prayers and kept them from getting to heaven. God hears your prayers, but there's something bigger at play here. The moment you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in an answer to your prayers. So God hears your prayers. God remembers what you have done. What Hezekiah say? Lord, remember me. Remember me how I was faithful. Remember me how I have served you. God, remember for your name's sake and what you have done and who you are. God, let this come to pass. Tell you what, it's not necessarily for God to remember, but God is asking us to remind him that we know who he is. God remembers we're still called to remind him. And when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your business, do you pray over the seeds that you have planted? Know of a story in Malachi chapter 316. says, this is right after, you know, like Malachi 310. You know, bring all the tithe. How have we robbed you, Lord? Bring all the tithe into the storehouses. And God says, I'll, I'll pour out so much blessing that you cannot contain it. Well, this is Malachi 316. Then those who fear the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. So they were talking to each other. They feared God. These were godly men and women talking to each other. And God listened to what they said. It wasn't even them talking to God. It was them talking to each other about who God is. Lord, listen to what they said. In his presence, this is in the presence of the Lord right now, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Can I tell you, God keeps the score. God remembers. Last week, we talked about Cornelius. The gifts that you've offered to the Lord, the prayers you've offered to the Lord, and the gifts you've given to the poor have become a fragrant offering. And I have come in response to them. Can I tell you that God remembers? He has a scroll of remembrance. We are called as his church to reference that. Lord, remember in your scroll. You know every single word that I've spoken. You know every single thing that I've done. So I'm saying, Lord, judge accordingly. Are you not the God of your faithful promises? Are you not the God of provision? Are you not the God of healing? Are you not the God of reconciliation? 
Are you not the God of deliverance? Are you not the God who sets the captive free? Are you not the God who makes a way in the wilderness, a pathway through the mighty waters? Are you not the God that right now where my marriage is in turmoil? Are you not the God who right now where my finances are in strife? Are you not the God to be able to go to him and remind him who he is? Is our part. Is your part. You know who God is? To be able to go to him? Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers. I need you to know, he will not forget, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the examples of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there is no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. God will make certain that what you have hoped for will come true. This man, by the name of Hezekiah, was given a word, not just from a nobody, but from the prophet Isaiah. And he had the gunction. Is that the right word? The gunction? He had the gunction to be able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, remember what I have done, what I've done with you, what I've done for you, how I faithfully served you. Remember. And I believe that we're called not to just live passively by when things don't go our way. But as believers in Christ, we will always be called to send partitions before the Lord, to intercede on behalf of our situation, and remind the Lord who He is, not for His sake, but for ours. Stand to your feet today. That's why it's important that you get a word from the Lord and you don't treat it with contempt. But as Jacob considered what the Lord had spoken about what Joseph said in his dream, he said Jacob hid it in his heart. When God gives you a word, when God gives you a dream, write it down and pray into it. You got to speak that it would come to pass, his will on earth as it is in heaven. Why did Jesus even need to say that? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If there actually isn't a part that we play. If you believe God's will always happens, you've been lied to. God chooses to act his will through us, his church. We carry the light of the world with us. God chooses to use you. And to the strength of the Holy Spirit, you receive through prayers to him. 
So there's been promises that God has given you. And we're going to have a time of prayer. And I'm going to invite some people up to the front. We didn't plan this, so just be ready. Um, you've been given promises. Some of you have been given things that are contrary to God's promises. And you've believed the report more than you believed your God. Some of you have been given dreams and visions by the Lord that you've forgotten. When we say My City's Church's mission statement is for people to come alive in Christ, that means your dead dreams coming alive. That means your canceled callings, your forsaken futures, all those things that you left dormant have never left God's scroll of remembrance. And I need you in this place to recall those things that God has spoken, whether through dreams, visions, words of prophecy, that you haven't seen come to pass yet. I want you to make a bold statement before the Lord today, saying, Lord, I'm going to believe for those again, and I'm going to start praying that they would come to pass. If you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Eli, that's speaking to me. I can think of some things that God has spoken to me I haven't seen come to pass, whether it be some family members that haven't accepted the Lord and given their lives over to the Lord yet, and you know that you got a word from God that that household will be saved. You're called to pray. Why, why'd you stop praying? Well, I didn't see it happen. They moved away. <laughs> they had to move away so God could move. Right? Family members, prodigal sons, businesses, fruitfulness, children. Hannah prayed before the Lord. God heard her prayer. Well, if God wanted us to have a kid, he would let us have a kid. No good thing will he deny his children. That's his word. Remind God what he has spoken. If you've been given a promise from the Lord and you're willing to, to stand on that promise again, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come up to the front. I'm going to have you guys move to the side here. We can fill up the side. And I want to pray for some people today that you're standing on some promises today. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on to the front. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Don't let, don't let, don't let some people not coming. Keep coming. We're going to stand. We're going to believe. We're going to believe. We're going to believe. I'm going to have some uh, leaders and, and uh, intercessory team. If you guys want to be able to come, we're going to pray for each other. We're going to be here for about seven, eight minutes. We're going to pray. Come on, work up to the front. Fill in on the front here. Come this way, come this way. Not in the hallways, not in the hallways. Come up to the front. Fill in. There's too many people in the hallways here. Come on, let's, let's come to the altar. You're not coming to me. You're coming to the Lord. All right, I want to share with you this last verse. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. This is who our God is. God is not a human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God has given you a word. It's time that we go to the Lord today and remind him of that word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. If you're believing for a promise, would you lift up your hands? If you're in your seats, I want you to lift up your hands today to every single person up front. Heavenly Father, you know every single word that you have spoken to your people. 
God, I pray as you search for a person to stand in the gap on behalf of a city so that you would not destroy it, I pray that you would find people here that stand on behalf of the words that you have spoken to them that you could fulfill it, Lord. So you have spoken words and dreams and visions over people and their finances. God, you've spoken words and dreams and visions over people and their families, in their businesses, in their relationships, God, in their health, in their healing. God, we pray right now that you would remember those words that you have spoken. God, we're standing with you on those things that you have said. You are looking for those to fulfill your word through. God, and we are partnering with you today. We're saying, Lord, you're finding a person right here. You're finding a son. You're finding a daughter that's going to stand. That not our will be done, but your will. God, you're the one that spoke it. You're the one that gave the dream. You're the one that gave the vision. You're the one that spoke over that family member that is far from you, that they would be in the house of God before I meet my end. You're the one that spoke to that old prophet who said I would see the Messiah before my days were long and gone and she was able to see Jesus Christ as a newborn child in the temple of God Lord surely you can fulfill these words today we're standing on those promises we're standing on those words of God we're believing in faith that the time for them to come to pass is now God won't you remember God we call to you would you remember, Lord, the word that you have spoken today? Come on, lift your hands and receive it today. Lord, we believe in you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.